up with the homie Rolando Mendez, a.k.a. Raw Beats. I am your alter ego host, Icy Rob Cole, where you might get a cold take every now and again. What's going down in episode four, Roly? We'll be talking about the two. We're going to give uh, the, the audience two preseason standouts. Of the, so that'll be four altogether, and we're going to go over draft strategies. So what's good, man? What's kicking? Uh, nothing, man. Shit. Yeah, man. Everything's good today. Kind of hot as fuck. You know, everybody's feeling that heat right now, but it's good. How about your way? I think it's about the same. It's, I won't say the same old bullshit. I'm starting on something new on this end. So, you know, it's not the same for me. Every day is a little bit different. Uh, but it's all good. And we're, uh, we're exactly one week away from the beginning of the season that kicks off next Thursday with the home local team, Dallas Cowboys, playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I believe the game is going to be played at Raymond J Stadium. I believe the, the Buccaneers will receive their Super Bowl rings. That deserves uh, that, that deserves the fact that the season's going to start deserves this, man. We're, we're there. We're one week away. We got uh, drafts coming up this weekend. I understand you've already been to a live draft in Tulsa. Uh, <laughs> we're both in a we're both in two different leagues. Uh, the one that you run, Bwam, we're having the draft for that on Saturday. I believe it is a six o'clock our time standard. Or That's Central right. Standard Time, and then I'm in another draft on Sunday evening for the ESPN League with a homeboy from mine in uh, from, of mine in Dallas, uh, Lazarius. Shout out, shout out, uh, Laz. And that's all the leagues I'm going to be in this year. It's just three, so we're going to talk about some preseason standouts that uh, may be sleepers to maybe help you win your fantasy league, and we're going to talk about uh, different styles of and, and strategies of how to draft in order to win your league. But before we get into that, we got to get into the news. Tune in, rhythm, a current events, dive in for a nugget of gem. This could be San Grandum of fun. It's the word on the street, the 411. Shit's popping off, man. Shit's popping off. All kinds injury of shit. Report. What other news you got? You already know the injury report. Let's start off with the injuries. Uh, Rashad Bateman, uh, wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens, and Miles Boykin, also wide receiver for the Ravens, are on IR. Uh, they will be out at least three weeks. Look to fire up Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown, where they'll pay back their, their fantasy value. It's yet to be seen. Sammy Watkins normally does good for about a week and then lets him down. <laughs> Come on, man. You know it's true. He'll sit there and blow the fuck up. He did it for the Chiefs a couple years ago where he blew up one, one game one, and then he didn't do shit for the rest of the year, and everybody was trying to trade for him. It was, it was kind of funny. Deshaun Jackson style. <laughs> you know the shit. You know the biz. And Marquise Brown, I mean, how do you feel about Marquise Brown? Third year? Yeah, what's your, what's your, fi- what's your feeling on that? I won't say he's going to break out, but I think he'll be a consistent – maybe 10 to 17 points a game, which is not bad as, uh, you know, he if he were a wide receiver two on your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you want your wide receiver one to average a little bit more than that. But, you know, I, I've drafted him before, and he's disappointed. Mm-hmm. And is he's one of those players that's like, I keep waiting, I keep waiting, but how long are you going to wait? Yeah. It's a new yeah. season. No, I feel you. And... Uh... I think I think the beneficiary to most to this news right here is uh, Mark Andrews, man. I think I think Mark Andrews is the guy. Oh, he has been the guy, so I don't know why that would change. I mean, he's yeah. a unstoppable force at the size that he is that that he has and uh, pass catching ability that he has, and he fits the scheme of where Lamar Jackson throws the ball best is mid range. He's not really. You know, he hasn't really developed a deep ball yet, in my humble opinion. He doesn't make all the throws accurately, in my humble opinion. So, Mark Andrews is his security blanket. He's not a surprise anymore. I'm pretty sure he'll probably be the fourth tight end taken off the board. More than likely, it's safe to say. I mean, his ADP is fourth among tight ends. Uh, Could be fifth, TJ Hawkinson being fourth. All right, moving on. Uh, Nikhil Harry out with a shoulder injury. Uh, wide receiver for the uh, New England Patriots. Mm. He is on IR for a few weeks. Look to see for Jacoby Myers to take a take a, a stand here. Uh, Nelson Aguilar to take a little bit of a stand here. You do have Jonu Smith there now, former tight end for the Tennessee Titans. 
and Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry is actually currently hurt, but that that could mean mean good news for Jonu. And you're drafting Jonu extremely late, possibly not even being drafted at all. He'll he could be in a waiver wire. So if you got tight end needs, look out for Jonu. Bill Belichick's known for using the tight end intensely, like in his offense. Like he's 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 known for running twelve personnel. Colts wide receiver T. Y. Hilton is put on IR with a neck disc injury. That just sounds that just sounds terrible. I don't know that I want to be associated with T. Y. Hilton at all this year. Uh he's out at least three games. Not only do I not want to associate myself with T.Y. Hilton, I don't want to associate myself with Carson Wentz. There's just a lot, lot, a lot of negatives here. Uh, you could see Paris Campbell benefiting from this. Zach Pascal. I think the the person that will benefit the most is Michael Pittman Jr. Thoughts on that? I uh, what it sounded like. You don't want to be associated with T.Y. Hilton. You want to be associated with Carson Wentz. It sounded like you were starting to say you don't want to be associated with any of the skill position players of the Indianapolis Colts, including one Jonathan Taylor. I'm starting to have doubts myself. We didn't have him in our top 10, I don't believe, no. as far as running backs go. They, But they have a really good offensive line. It starts there. That's where the games are won and lost in the line of scrimmage. However, the next biggest piece or the head of the snake is the quarterback. And if your quarterback is weak, those who don't know fantasy football, and I'm sure those that are listening understand, you're only as good, your, your, your players are only as good as your quarterback. I don't know. Michael Pittman, Pasquale, Zach Pasquale, T.Y. Hilton is getting older, he's hurt. Well, I mean, maybe I said his name wrong. Yeah, that's why, that's what we're trying to tell everybody is that, like, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's Zach Pasquale, Zach Pasquale, he ain't going to mean shit in fantasy. That's what we're trying to say. This is yep. what we got for the Colts right here. You stay away from them, man. So Johnny Taylor, I could see, I could see you, someone investing in him, but it's just hard, man. It's hard. I mean, he does. Us, pl- I'm sorry, but but they they use more than one running back on top of it. Well, the, so. the, the the only thing that I could say is I think people confidently can uh, fire up Jonathan Taylor when they face the Texans, when they face the Jaguars, really in division. He should do well. It's just all the other teams that he's going to face that are that are, I feel like are going to be a little bit more of a problem. Moving along, ah, that's 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 uh, that's all the injury news we have. We do uh, have a rescheduled game. Well, not rescheduled, but relocated game. The uh, Saints versus the Packers Week One will take place in Jacksonville. The time slot will remain the same. The hurricane got hit pretty hard out there. Hope everybody's safe out uh, over there by the NOLA and that part of the country. So, yeah, keep yeah, safe. Thoughts and prayers go out to the people of New Orleans, man. They go through this way too much. Agreed. All right. Moving on to wave, uh, waves. So, Texans wave QQQT. Man, dude, the Texans are just a fucking mess, man. It It's a mess. <laughs> like, I, I don't know that anybody... You know, do you want to invest in that offense? I mean, I don't even really know who the skill position players are outside of Deshaun Watson. I forget who they brought in at running back. I want to say Mark Ingram. Yeah, they brought in uh, and um, Philip Lindsay. That's not that's and you know, Will Fuller's gone. Uh, but you like Brandon Cooks. He's Brandon the only he's the only shining star, I guess. I don't know what you want to call that or only bright spot. I guess. I mean, it's a fucking mess. And, I mean, Deshaun Watson, it looks like he's a healthy scratch as of, as of right now for the year. That The Texans don't want to trade him away. They want uh, they want full price. They want they want the premium. They want picks. They want a bunch of first picks, but the Dolphins are interested in him. What I don't understand is this, to, to this point, maybe I've missed something. Maybe you can clue me in while we're on the news. Sure. Uh, Deshaun Watson is not on the exempt list, is he? No. That's the thing. He hasn't been suspended, has he? He hasn't been suspended, and he's eligible. He's he's an eligible player on the fifty on the fifty three man roster for the Texans. Has he played in the preseason? No, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. No, he has not. Hasn't even suited up. No, he hasn't suited up. He has. He did hit training camp. So I mean, he's had reps. He just hasn't. He hasn't suited up. I, I figured they didn't suit him up because if they're gonna, if they're listening to trade rumors, why? Uh, 
why risk that, you know? Right. But I mean, that's a that's a mess in itself. So I think Brandon Cooks is really the only option you can invest in, and that's even tough with a Tyrod Taylor at center. We saw what uh, punctured uh, punctured lung did in uh, uh, the, the right. punctured lung. The uh, we saw what he did with the Chargers, and it wasn't it wasn't anything to to rag home about. Um, he didn't get a chance, <laughs> but anyway, he he, he played game he one played before. Uh, yeah, he did play before, and and Keenan Allen his his numbers were fucking terrible. They were terrible, and they, they instantly went up as soon as Herbert started playing. That was just a one-week sample. You're right. He really didn't give an opportunity. But Cam Newton has been released by the New England Patriots. That's the last big one right there. Uh, I don't think it's that big, but uh, it's not surprising to me. Uh, it's not surprising to me, even though I tweeted about it. And in the <clears> next couple of days, it was in the mainstream sports media uh, in the A block. The reason I think that the Belichick, or actually said Belichick, and this guy got pissed off and said that that was very witty and you uh, crafty or creative of a nickname. But anyway, I said what I said. I didn't mean to offend anybody. I was just kidding. But um, Belichick cut him because he didn't have the shot, and he's already contracted COVID. He violated a he, he had it last year. He violated a protocol this year and if he's going to be the backup or even if he was going to be the starter so i guess belichick said well if the guy can't follow the protocol i'll just make mac jones a starter and let cam newton go since he's not vaccinated because if he were to go in the protocol and they're in the same quarterback room and they're in close contact they might would have to forfeit a whole a game because they wouldn't have a quarterback that's serviceable and Bill- i think that's why he got cut even though belichick didn't say it like that and yeah. he's not supposed to I'll say it for him. That's why they cut the motherfucker because he had the COVID shot. I'm gonna tell like it is what I feel. No, I know, but what's funny is that you are you are on brand with how Belichick is, man. He he is like fuck that. Ain't nobody gonna uh, cost us a game, man. You you know Bill Belichick, dude. That dude doesn't sleep. He dreams. they, They had to let him go. He dreams about little football index cards with plays on them and shit. You know. So and, and personally, I think that's why they let Cam go, and that's why he's some somewhere uh, sitting on a couch. Now, whether he'll be picked up, that's yet to be seen. It's up for another team to maybe take a chance on the fact that he doesn't have the shot, mm-hmm. he can't follow the rules, and he's already had COVID. And we found out that you can get it more than once. Ask Lamar Jackson. I think he's had it twice now. So that's why I think they let him go. It's unfortunate, but. This is this is the world that we live in right now, and and you know they have all kind of special protocols with the guys that aren't vaccinated. They're going to be in different parts of the plane. They're not going to stay in the same hotel, maybe, or you know what I'm saying. So they're trying to. If yeah. you recall, they had to push games back last year because of COVID. People going on on the on the list, or you know, into protocol. Mm-hmm. So Belichick and this year they're not doing that. They're not pushing games back. You don't have enough players. Not only do you forfeit, the players don't get a game check for either team. So they moved on. So speaking of moving on, you got any more news? No, that's it. That's it. Drop that beat. Preseason takeaways on the head of the blaze. Do you know where your money is? Look upon the board. Do rest assured know where your money is? Preseason takeaways on the head of the blaze. Do you know where your money is? Look upon the board. Do rest assured know where your money is. Where the money at? Preseason takeaways. I like to call them pre preseason eye catchers. My eye catchers are they got lazy eye. They got I don't know. You know <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna tell you what I'm talking about. I'm gonna break it down for you like a fraction. Robbie Rob style. We'll go to the glasses. I'm gonna give you my first which is two, and then I'll give you, I'll let you go, and I'll give you my second one. My first preseason takeaway was, it's, it's a lazy-eyed one, but I like the kid. I saw him playing a couple of games, sticking with the local team, is Cedric Wilson. Now, he was in a battle with Noah Brown because the Cowboys carried six receivers last year. Damn, they carried they all six? Know that every, people get hurt. They had six receivers last year? Yes, that's, sir, that's, and they're going to carry six this year. Man, that is crazy. People get hurt. Amari Cooper. Uh, I think Michael Gallup got hurt last year. You know what I'm saying? So, but they want to they want to chunk the ball. They want to be able to they want to put pressure on the defense with with the passing game. So they carry six receivers. I'm gonna preface everything with this, and I'm gonna keep it short and sweet because it, it is that's what it is. They just resigned him 2.3 million dollars for one year, so they like him during the preseason. He only caught seven seven balls to 90 91 yards. Uh, his long was 30. I'm sorry, his long was 34. He's giving you 30 yards a game. But 
I don't have the 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 analytics that you do where the catch rate and, and all of that. I can tell you what I saw. He gets open, he catches the ball. Last year, he only had 17 catches, 189 yards, two touchdowns. The reason I like Cedric Wilson is because I don't think all three of the receivers ahead of him are going to make it through the year. I think he's going to have to play some time. He's not going to be a standout. He's not going to be somebody you may want to draft on your team. But the person that is somebody you may want to draft as wide receiver plays for the Green Bay Packers. His name is Malik Taylor. Woo! 14 catches, 185 yards, at 61 yards a game. Uh, averaging 13 yards per catch. He may be somebody that you might want to draft opposite of Devontae Adams if you want to get some of that some of that pot of gold in Green Bay. And uh, Get you some of this one. Those are my two preseason eye catchers that are really lazy eyes. Well, actually, that's, that's one of them. I, I kind of tied one, two together into one, and I'll, I'll give you my second one after you give me your first. All right. Malik Taylor... Uh, I'm just going to add a little bit there. Just That's awesome because he was the most productive wide receiver in the preseason. That's right. But on top of it, notice I said productive, not most efficient. He, Marquez Valdez, Scanling, we've seen him enough. We've seen him enough. It's, it's time to go. They just cut one of Aaron Rodgers' other favorite options, St. Brown. He's gone. Randall Cobb is there. He's familiar with, uh, with you know, Aaron Rodgers' tendencies. But I think we've seen enough. He's an aging Randall Cobb. I, I like that pick. That's a sleeper. Oh, yeah. And, again, I, we're, we have two each, but I, I feel we can go over uh, several players here. One of my uh, favorites, I'm going to go running back first here, is uh, Tyson Williams from uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Running back, he's 5'11", 220 pounds, has 4'5 speed. Over the course of the preseason, he had 24 attempts, 130 yards, one touchdown with no fumbles. This is the kicker. Gus Edwards is not a pass catching back. No, he's not. Tyson Williams went eight for eight with no drops. Eight for eight. 37 yards wasn't that efficient. Uh, although most of those came after contact, but eight for eight, showing some signs of good hands. He had 82 yards uh, after contact, and he had 45 route running snaps, which was six, six amongst all preseason running backs and the most out of all the Ravens running backs. So I could see a third down roll here. If Gus Edwards goes down, potentially a three but three three down roll. That, that, that's, yeah, he'll get all the work. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm seeing here with a projected 12th-ranked O-line. And like I said, he was top 10 in targets amongst all running backs. Top four in first downs. He had 10-plus explosive plays. I mean, he, he has the whole package. Dude, I need to write that down. I mean, you him down toward the end of the draft. What's his name? And Tyson, Williams. Tyson Williams. And not only that, Beat has gone out to say they've confirmed it. He is the running back too for the Baltimore Ravens. He beat out Justice Hill. Uh, he beat out everybody in that running back committee. So it's Gus Edwards and Tyson Williams. That's what we got. And they, they, they have one of the best running attacks in the in, in the NFL. You know this. Oh, that's what they want to do. Right. Uh, little honorable mention on 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 uh, on, on the second one because again you had through two and I think we got plenty to talk about here. Kenneth Gainwell, Kenny Gainwell from uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, running back, 5'8", 201, 4'5", speed, around the same. He was efficient. He had uh, 12 attempts for 67 yards, one rush with no fumbles, 11 targets with nine receptions, 66 yards on one drop. That's efficient, man. That's 5.6 yards per carry. Uh, He was top 10 in targets with a 13-ranked online going into the season. The Eagles released Jordan Howard. Gone. Boston Scott is really not that much competition. This is Miles Sanders. And and the thing is, Miles Sanders was terrible with the pass at the end of the year last year. Like he just, he didn't have it. He had a lot of drops. He was in the bottom 20 with drops, but here's, here's the cool thing about Kenny Gainwell. I'm going to throw back some high school and some, some college shit, but in high school, he was actually a quarterback. He he was a quarterback all four years and his senior year. He passed for a thousand 139 yards with 10 touchdowns, and he rushed for 1,834 yards with 32 touchdowns. He had 42 total touchdowns as a quarterback. All right, moving on to Memphis. He He's per well-preserved. He only played one actual year in college, had 231 attempts, 1,458 yards, 13 touchdowns, 51 receptions for 610 yards, along with three receiving touchdowns. 
2,068 yards from scrimmage and 16 total touchdowns. He's a workhorse back. If 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 Miles Sanders gets hurt, I don't think it's going to be Boston Scott, man. And you heard it here first, ahead of the curve. That's what we do. Already. And you say his name is what? Let me write this down. I'm to... <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell. Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell Kenneth. played for the stanky-ass Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Got it. Damn. Hey, stanky way ass. I draft, you never know. I'm going to I'm gonna have to get him in the later rounds the way I draft. You never know. And we talk. We don't talk about the way you draft later. Who you got next? Ah, uh, my second eye catcher, which is a lazy eye. He's lazy, he's lazy, but it won't be lazy as the season progresses. Mm. And it's a guy that I liked out of the the quarterback draft class. Everybody talking about Trevor Lawrence, T. Law. They want to call him T. Law. He don't deserve the nickname T. Law, in my opinion. Mm. Not yet. He ain't, he ain't put nothing down to me. But the second guy that I that I like, he's out of this quarterback class. He fell to the Patriots. Mac Jones. Mm, give it to him. Who? Mac Jones. <laughs> he was 36 out of 52, 69%. 389 yards. He played in all three games. He didn't, he didn't play all the game, but he played in all three preseason games. Uh, his longest pass is only 30 yards, which tells me how they plan to run the offense. It's not going to be through Mike Jones. They're not going to run the offense through him. He's efficient. He's smart. Belichick likes that. It's another reason Cam Newton is gone because this kid is smart. He, he's picking it up. Sounds like Alex Smith. There, you know, your boy Tony Romo made the comparison to Patrick Mahomes today. But I don't know. You know, I'm not a fan of Tony Romo. I'm not going to go that damn far. Mm-hmm. I don't see him being a Patrick Mahomes. Belichick's offense it seems to me it's going to be the same offense he's been running for 20 years. It was a dynasty there. Tom Brady, get the, he got the ball out of his hands quick. They don't really have any studs on, on the outside. They're going to use the two tight ends, what you like to call 12 personnel. They're going to run the ball, and they're going to kick your ass on defense, and they're going to come back and win that division this year. If not, they're going to be very close to it mm. because Mac Jones is going to get the ball out of his hands. He's not going to... He's not going to put up great stats. He'll be very serviceable as a fantasy quarterback, I think. He'll get you 15, 20 points a game. He's not going to blow up like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson running around, or, 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 or what's the kid up in Buffalo, Josh Allen. He's not going to do that because Belichick doesn't build his team for people like you and me to win fucking fantasy games. <laughs> he never has. Exactly. <laughs> he never has. So, uh, I like what I see in Mac Jones. Ah, we gotta coin that, man. Ain't nobody doing that. Not yet. I've been doing it for two or three months. We we have this, this Mac Jones. Mac Jones. The only drawback is he got sacked five times for thirty yards, which is six yards per sack, which is not bad, but still you're losing it down. His quarterback rating was ninety-seven point four. He didn't. He only threw one touchdown. He but he's very efficient. Right. A ninety-seven four quarterback rating is not bad for guys. Just coming to uh, to the league now is preseason, but he got to play against the ones. He's gonna surprise some people. I think maybe not for fantasy purposes, but Mac Jones is gonna. I, I like Mac Jones. I think he's gonna he's gonna have the head start on. And I'm not just saying this because they just cut Cam Newton. I I like Mac Jones. I like uh, in this order right now, and I like them this way before the season started. Before teams have made their decision, who's gonna start and whatnot. Trevor Lawrence is last. He's fifth. I, I'm gonna go ahead and write this down because I feel this is a, this. I feel this is a cold take. So it's a cold take. Let, let's go, and I'm gonna give you a raw take right after. Let's go. Who you got? I think Mac Jones is gonna be the most proficient out of this class okay. this year. Justin Fields will be next once he gets his opportunity. It's not gonna come until I think the fourth game of the year. You can write that down too. That's a cold take. He'll get to start against Detroit Lions when when. The Bears start out one and two, and Andy Dalton gets sacked too many times, and the fans get pissed. They're going to have to give in and put just uh, or Justin Fields in, but they're going to wait till Week Four against somebody like Detroit. And I think when he gets his opportunity, the kid in San Francisco out by the Bay, he'll be third. And I think the kid up in New York, the place for the Jets, Zach Wilson, he'll be fourth. Trevor Lawrence will be bringing up the rear. Uh, I say that, and it's, it's sad, but the reason is. 
right now you say that Houston is a mess while Jacksonville's a mess too. Agreed. And the head coach, he'll find out what NFL means real quick. For those who don't know, it don't mean National Football League. It means not for long. <laughs> if you don't perform, you don't stay long. And I think that that the kid in, in Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, is with a bad organization, starting with the head coach. So he's going to be bringing up the rear. Even though he's the biggest and strongest looking in all Latin and then some, but that's just what I'm – that's a cold take. I got you. Bookmark it. I got you right here, man. Let me follow it up. I got a raw take for you here. Oh, Robbie Robb's got Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Well, let me go ahead and throw who I think is going to be the best quarterback out of this thing. I think Zach Wilson's going to be the best quarterback out of all these motherfuckers. And he's on a bad team. I'm calling Zach Zach Wilson right now, and I've been saying it. I'm calling Zach Wilson to be the best quarterback out of this whole draft. Out of those five. Those are the ones that everybody's got their eyes on. I'll put – I'm just going to give you my top two. I got Zach Wilson. Then I got some Trey Lance right after Trey that. Trey Lance, yes. Yes, yeah. sir. I got Trey Lance right after that. And then I'm not saying that they're all going to be bad. I, I, I'm I, with you. I think Mac Jones will be good. But I'm talking about superstardom. I, I, I like Zach Wilson here. I like him as superstardom, yes. Yeah. Mac Jones is going to – here's the thing with Mac Jones. It's all about the fit. He is what Belichick is looking for. Oh, yeah. Somebody that's smart. Get the ball out of your hands because they're not going to blow you. They don't have a Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. They don't have a – their biggest threat is hurting to kill Harry. Who else is playing wide receiver for them this year? I want to say – I mean, you got Nelson there. Aguilar. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, they don't – have... No, you're not – you're not – no. The defense is not going to be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. But Mac Jones is going to dink and dunk your ass to death this year. You heard it here first. We're around the – we're ahead of the curve and we'll flip you the bird. If I'm wrong, but anyway, um, and, and, and I, know, I know we're trying, we're working to get off the subject, but this is why I say Zach Wilson, you're right. looking at these defenses right here, and I'm talking about straight up from the top, from the tippy top, from the beginning, all these defenses right here. Mac Jones got New, New England, that's going to be a good defense. Justin Fields got Chicago, good defense. Trey Lance got 49ers, that's good defense. Trevor Lawrence, I'm with you. I don't think he's going to be a whole lot. Same thing with Zach Wilson. They're rebuilding that defense. I think they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. We're going to see a lot of Zach Wilson this year. Got a better head coach, too. Oh, yeah. That, that defense will get good, though. Moving along. My bad. Now you good. You, did you have a second person? You already I, gave I, a second. I, 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 I do. I'm sorry, Rob. I, I'm sorry, Rob. I, I tend to talk a whole lot. I'm sorry, Rob. All right. Are you good. You had one more, right? I do. I do. I have one more, and yeah, we'll throw in a couple honorable mentions, and we'll move on. I'm going to throw it in like this. I mean, I'm... It's there. The fucking storm is coming. Ah, uh, no pun intended. My bad. I think Marque- Marquez Gallo- Calloway for the New Orleans Saints wide receiver is going to fucking kick ass early on in, in, in this uh, this fantasy season and, and season in general. He's 6'2", 205 pounds. He's a good route runner. He was the most efficient wide receiver out of all preseason wide receivers. He was 9 for 10, with 8 receptions and 165 yards, 2 touchdowns with no drops. He has extreme bursts, 4-5 speed, uh, lines up 80, 87% out wide, uh, and every time he was tossed the ball, he produced a one, 158.3 QBR on whatever quarterback it was. He has excellent excellent chemistry with the New Orleans quarterbacks. It's just it's apparent we'll be filling in for Michael Thomas that MT until MT comes back. I want to put it a little more into perspective. So because we we it's all clear now. We know Jameis Winston's the quarterback. Thank God that Jameis Winston's the quarterback. So Jameis Winston went twenty three for twenty two in, in the preseason. It's a second opportunity. Those that are new get an idea of who Jameis Winston is. He supported. A in 2019 because he was off in 2020 supported a number two wide receiver in Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay and then Mike Evans 15th in that same year so he produced two top 15 wide receivers in 2019. Well, he threw for 5,000 yards. It's <laughs> fucking bizarre. This is just tacking back onto what what Rob said earlier. It's it starts with the quarterback. If you ain't got it right there. I mean, you're not gonna have it right in a lot of other places. In 2018, he supported another top 10 wide receiver. Mike Evans went number nine. 2017, 
Number 17 with Mike Evans. In 2016, number three wide, overall wide receiver, Mike Evans, 2016. They do see J- Jair Alexander week one from the Green Bay Packers, J.C. Horn week two, Stephon Gilmore week three. After that, it's rather pedestrian, so I could see Marquez Callaway going the fuck off week one, say, then four to eight. How do you feel about when Michael Thomas comes back? Do you think by then uh, the, the chemistry between Callaway and uh, famous Jameis will be so strong that or do you think they'll maybe try to force force feed Michael Thomas? I think it's going to be a two-headed dragon. I think the chemistry will, is already developed. There's nothing – there won't be anything to develop at that point, but to make it stronger, I, I don't know. I, I think they got a two-headed one here. They finally got one, and as I said – Jameis Winston can support two wide receivers. He's done it before. Uh, yeah. And Drew, Drew Brees, the, th- the thing is, Drew Brees, at the end of his career, you saw that, man. He's dinking and dunking. Kamara ate all day. The, whatever running back they really had just ate all day. I'm really basing this more off the quarterback. However, Michael Thomas, MT, it could be a potential league-winning option to me. Now, I know you had him as, as one of your, your whiskey dicks. If you have an IR spot... I would have Michael Thomas. Are you cool with that? Or would you say that's safe? Reserve, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I guess this year that's what we'll be having because uh, I, I saw in NFL, the NFL league that we're in, there's, uh, I think it was three bench players. or No, it was five bench players and then three reserves. I guess it's for the COVID, though. Uh, yeah. I, he's not on my draft board right now. I'll just say it that way. Not, not at the moment. Uh, some honorable mentions. I have Terrence Marshall Jr. from the Carolina Panthers, wide receiver, rookie. Be on the lookout for him. They do have a lot of options out there, such as Robbie Anderson. They got DJ Moore. They they got a lot out there. And then the the infamous Christian McCaffrey, that's also a wide receiver. If Damian Harris gets hurt, look out for Ramondre Stevenson. Just be on the lookout for that. That motherfucker broke the fuck out in preseason. He was the best running back pretty much, period, but that's all I got. Oh, well, then that segues into the second segment, draft strategies. Let's get it. Any place in the line like this, time to find mine in the prime, no bitch. Like the rhymes with the pick, all the ground with the wrist strategy, making noise, look at all of the kids. Draft strategy, draft strategy. Draft strategy, draft strategy. Draft strategy, draft strategy. Draft strategy, draft strategy. Strategy. What's your draft strategy so you can be an OG and win your league? Drop that shit, man. See, you can you can be in on this shit. <laughs> just flowing with you, man. I'm just trying to flow with you. That's how we vibe. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna talk about the draft strategies and how to win your league and what what how to approach a draft. We'll start out with the first the first way. Well, let me back up and say this. It it depends on what the format is of your league how you you should uh, attack the draft. What I mean by that, whether it be in standard or half-point PPR or full-point PPR, full-point PPR, you maybe want to focus more on pass-catching running backs. The draft strategies, the easiest way to draft, obviously, is to not draft, and that would be called auto-draft. That's that's the first one. I got four different ways. Uh, Auto-draft, traditional, best available on the board, unorthodox. But the first... The first way, the easiest way to draft, in my my opinion, is in the auto draft, which we've known people to do that. And maybe they got other things going on and they just let the who's on the board be picked by their team. Personally, I don't like auto draft. Uh, it takes the fun out of it for me. Uh, I like to get into the war room. I like to do a little homework. I like to come up how I'm going to approach the draft. So auto draft is off the board for me. So, But what are your thoughts on auto draft? I don't necessarily see it as terrible if you're new to fantasy football. I, I, and I'll put it into perspective. I had a draft over the weekend just recently on Friday. And I had somebody in our draft. And, and no knock on you, bro. But uh, I had somebody to draft Jarvis Landry in the second round. Wow. Which could pan out. It truly could. Jarvis Landry could be really good and, and be, I don't know that necessarily I'd say a second round pick. You know very well Jarvis Landry might be a 
nice wide receiver two option. But the thing is, when you're drafting in fantasy football in round two, you're looking for wide receiver one options. Exactly. I saw Cooper Cup leave in the second, third round uh, this past weekend. So it's just things to look out for. Uh, I, I think as a novice fantasy player coming into the, the season, I don't necessarily see it against you to auto draft. And that's actually what I suggested to those players. I, I told them, you know what, man, just just look at don't don't go to other positions. You don't obviously don't know the names and the ones you do. I mean, you're basing it off college or whatever it is that you knew you knew them from. So go with, go with the rankings. Now, the downside to auto drafting: a lot of the platformers, well, not a lot. Some of the platformers aren't quick to update their rankings. So, say Michael Thomas is in the second round or third round in a platformer, you're not going to want that. You know, that's not that's not what you're going to want. So that that's what I feel of the downside is to uh, auto-draft, and you also can't find all the gems and, and, and sparkles and confetti in the late rounds the way you, you would if you were live drafting. So just tune into the show. That's how you'll do this shit. All right. Second way, uh, what I, I call is traditional. Um, <clears throat> a lot of leagues, when, when I first started playing fantasy football and, 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 and doing a live draft, I noticed that everybody wants to gobble up all the running backs and wide receivers when within the first, I don't know, at least three rounds, maybe even four. That's that's just a traditional way to draft to me. I don't think I've ever drafted that way because I'm just different. My mind is bing, bing, bing. I don't, I don't, I, I march to the beat of a different drum. But, you know, it works, obviously. There, you, you can win the league that way. If you, say, for instance, we're fortunate enough to be able to get Dalvin Cook and Chris McCaffrey, Devontae Adams, and Julio Jones. That's a, hell of a, that's a hell of a starting running back wide receiver core. But it doesn't always happen that way because everybody else is drafting running backs and wide receivers in the first three or four rounds. So that is one way in, to me to draft is what I call traditional uh, what, what's your take on a traditional draft, man? You want to call it something else. They call it hero RB is where you're drafting RB heavy. Right. Uh, let's say you have the second pick in the draft, the first pick in the draft. You're drafting possibly a Christian McCaffrey, a Dalvin Cook, a Alvin Kamara, you know, saying it's full point or half point because, again, those are the kind of running backs that you want. On that turn, 24 picks later, or 23 picks later, 22 picks later, all of a sudden you'll get you, say, a Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a Joe Mixon, and you, all of a sudden you got three running backs rolling into the fourth. I've seen a lot of people draft that way. Uh, to me, it just depends on where you are in the draft. Now, me personally, I have drafted running back heavy, uh, hero RB as they call it. It is... My favorite way to draft, I personally think that the running back position is the, the 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 most important position in fantasy football. There is a lot of different ways to draft, though. I take it I take it on a case by case basis. I'll set an example. I had Dalvin Cook, or I had the second pick in a couple drafts this last weekend. I switched it up. This also tacks on to know your league, know who you're playing with. Are you playing with a lot of people that are familiar with fantasy football? Are you playing with a lot of people that don't know how to play at all? You know, just familiarize yourself with who you're playing. I had the second pick. I picked Dalvin Cook. I knew I had the turn coming around. Well, I knew my league, and I said, you know what? These guys like to draft tight ends, and and uh, they like to draft tight ends and quarterbacks early. Well, I got Dalvin Cook. I got a really good running back already. So I actually got me Darren Waller. One of the top tight ends, and then I got me uh, a quarterback. You fast, young grasshopper. <laughs> Was that? I said you learn fast. Well, and and this this is what I'm I'm trying to say is that when you're at a turn, be mindful of how you draft. I think the turn picks, you. I think a strategy is very helpful. Turn picks are one and two, eleven and twelve. So. Oh yeah, and and you said uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but you no, said a fine. strategy. I always have a strategy. Yeah. I always have a certain group of people or what I call my guy, my, the guy I want. Mm-hmm. I want this guy. 
I write it down on paper. Some people, like you said, just look to fill out their roster. I will write it down round per round who I want. And if I don't get them, my, my, my backup plan mm-hmm. all the way through from rounds one through uh, 15, I think it, it will be. It's 15 or 17? 15. For me, it makes it easier. Instead of, like you said, guys who don't know and people drafting Jarvis Landry in the second round. They had no strategy. Didn't sound like to me they had a strategy. And whoever that was to draft Jarvis Landry in the second round and you try to give him props and yeah, he might turn out to be bullshit. I'm gonna tell you right now, Jarvis Landry ain't gonna do shit. And he'll be he'll serve us a wide receiver too. But whoever drafted Jarvis Landry, what's the name of his team? Her team. They team. Uh, the, the bee's knees. The bee's knees gonna come in last fucking place. <laughs> As I said, I've I've set an example. But, I mean, you're looking at that last turn. Let's say you're in that 11th spot or that 12th spot. Again, you got quality wide receivers there. Isn't one of your uh, terms best on the board? Best available. That's oh. the next. That was the next. Uh, I think I think that goes straight into that right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I call the best available. It's the third way to draft is the best available on the board, which basically, in a sense, is kind of like uh, auto-drafting. Um, Sometimes things may not pan out the way you want as far as your strategy may be laid out on, on, on paper. So sometimes you may have to, to bend and, and take what's best available on the board, even though you may not be drafting for that position at that particular time. For example, I think it was two years ago when I drafted, who did I draft when, when the computer went on the blink? Mm, when you got the uh, the whole the virus, little virus gigs. Yeah, yeah but, the little... The, but my very first pick was the best available player. I think it was Michael Thomas. It was either I believe. Didn't you have the third pick? Yep, I think I drafted okay. Michael Thomas. I I want to say I want to say it was Alvin Kamara, but that was actually Alvin Kamara's bad year. Might have been Kamara. Yeah, I think he had a bad year that year. Instead of me taking uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think I had the option. Yeah, if I'm okay. Yes, yes, I do remember that McCaffrey was available on the board Mm -hmm. that was showing on my phone because I'm not used to drafting on my phone. Was showing me Alvin Kamara. I believe. I believe it was. I could be mistaken, but Mm -hmm. but that's what I'm getting at. Is sometimes you may just and best available on the board is not not always bad. No, you know it's. you may not need a running back at that time in round number six, but the best, best available on the board may be like, like you said, a Joe Mixon mm-hmm. or uh, uh, what's my guy's name? James Robinson in, in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I mean, that may be the best available on the board. Oh, I, I, I stretch in there because I'm pretty sure James Robinson will be gone before the sixth round, but you yeah. know what I'm getting at. Right, right, right. Going back to the, the heavy or the traditional. I think what a lot of people do traditional is, those that are uh, a little more intermediate or advanced, the running back position is the most brutal position in football. So you, you literally, you have contact absolutely every single time unless you go into the end zone. That's the only way you don't get contact or you run out of bounds or new. The thing is that a lot of people's strategy is that way because they get hurt a lot. So it's best to have four or five elite running backs on this, the bench. This way yeah. you have a, a, a immediate replacement, an immediate plug-in, and you're good. Now, to what Rob's saying, the best available option. So, a lot of the times, the best available option is based on your league mates. So, are you are you running the off the coattails on somebody that's just fire-picking, straight fire-picking? They're picking fire after fire after fire. Uh, are you, you know, does this person have the first pick? They pick Christian McCaffrey. All of a sudden, Calvin Ridley's there on the turn, and then they're trying to get Darren Walter right after that. That To me, that's fire picking. So are you, you're telling yourself, okay, the next best available tight end off the board after Darren Waller is George Kittle based off IDP. So yep. do you want to take that before he doesn't get back to you on, towards the next round? Or do you want to go running back, running back, wide receiver? You know what I mean? So I think understanding what the – because at that point, you're playing chess, you know? 
you gotta you gotta understand what those those picks are around you to say, all right, well, this person obviously they're they're playing this way. So I, honestly, if I see that, I personally was like, well, hell, okay, I want to beat that person. So right. the, I gotta keep up with them, and I feel that, and this is something everybody needs to understand. Your fantasy season is not one at the draft. It's the best kicker. It's it's one of the best tools. The thing that helps you win the fantasy draft the most is your uh, your participation throughout the season. Oh, most definitely. I feel that I I can I can compete throughout the season because I'm gonna stay updated. I'm gonna make some moves, and now I have or I have feels that this team that's making all these fire picks has. However, all these other league mates don't have two, a, a top three tight end or a top three running back. You know what I mean? So you're you're using that strategy, and I feel that has a lot to do with the best player on the board. Right, right, right. And then last but not least is a style that I call what is unorthodox. I don't know that many people do it. What I mean by unorthodox is, like, I believe one year I fill my roster out the way it's slotted. Quarterback, running back, running back, receiver, receiver, mm-hmm. tight end, flex. I maybe chose another running back. I fill my roster out that way. Yeah. That's one way of being on unorthodox to me. I think a lot more people are going to move towards and move away from what, what I call traditional, where you load up on running backs, load up on receivers. I think people are going to move away from that because they're starting to see the premium on a tight end. I don't know. I've been playing for, I think, shit, six, seven years now. And every year before the season starts, they always say you can get a tight end later rounds. Not this year. People are not saying that this year. Mm-hmm. So I said that to say this by being unorthodox. Uh, I'm sure other people do it too, but you've seen how I've drafted unorthodoxly. It's I do my own thing. I don't know that other people do it. I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's unorthodox. It's not like what everybody else says to do. I, I, I come up with a strategy and I, I continually see now that I have to evolve and change my strategy. Yeah. So that makes my strategy going into the next season from last season unorthodox. Yeah. It's going to be like anybody else's. I've been in plenty of leagues with, with Rob. One of my favorite things about Rob is that when he drafts, obviously we have similar minds and know who to target. It's just when we're targeting them. Examples, Rob drafted Jonathan Taylor in fifth, sixth round last year. He did it also a couple years back with Josh Jacobs. I mean, he 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 finds his RB two or RB one. He I've seen him find his RB two and RB one in the later rounds, and I have that same thought in my mind. However, I went with a traditional scheme, and I had that running back or wide receiver as my third or fourth fourth option. However, we're eyeing the same thing. However, he's getting all these premium wide receivers early on in the draft, uh, such as Michael Thomas a couple years ago. Uh, Travis Kelsey last year, uh, which is just as good as a receiver. If you saw Travis Kelsey's numbers, he was better than receivers. He was fucking amazing. No, I and I feel that uh, uh, your way of thinking, Rob, has a lot to do with the way uh, football is evolving. The three down back role is leaving football like slowly but surely. Uh, there's not very many workhorse three down backs. No, the way there was, you know, you know what I'm saying? So that's leaving, man. Like, you you know, and you've known this. You've been saying it for a while. Yeah, I, I don't think it's far-fetched that you're going to start seeing a little more of an unorthodox drafting style in the later, uh, in the in the year, for the years to come. Maybe so. that's why I don't put 100 on 10 on drafting running backs as early as everybody else, because a lot of the teams are using their running back by committee. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe that's why in the back of my mind I don't have no any idea, but I feel like you know I'm gonna change. I don't want to be like everybody else. I'm gonna yeah. try to win in a different kind of way. Yeah, you know, yeah. my way always just gets a bad uh, draft grade from Yahoo. I think last year was a C minus. That shit don't matter. I played, I got a D, mm. but I went shit don't 13 matter. No, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've learned not to uh, pay too much attention to the draft scores anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm uh, and what I'm saying to people who are maybe uh, wanting to play for the first time, don't be afraid to do your own thing, but do some fucking homework. <laughs> do some homework. Uh, tune in. You gotta do some homework if you're gonna do your own, if you're gonna do your own thing. You 
Like you said, your boy may he may he may know the OC for the Cleveland Browns, and maybe they're gonna target Jarvis Landry heavy this year, and maybe that's why he drafted him in the second round. Yeah, I'm sure there were a lot more best available on the board besides Jarvis Landry in the second round. Oh yeah, again unorthodox. One thing too, yeah. uh, before we get out of here, look at the amount of uh, people that are in your league. Unorthodox. I mean, it's safe to say that unorthodox it drafts a tight end. Fairly early, uh, a quarterback, maybe fifth round, uh, which is which is uh, blasphemous. It's not. It's not. It's not. It doesn't look good in the in these uh, so called experts' eyes. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So you're you when you're seeing it by rule the way you play fantasy football, and again, this is these invisible rules that they've created. You don't really want to draft a, a, a tight end or a quarterback near. You know, like in the first five rounds, you don't want to do that because then you're you're not filling your running back uh, spots, and then you're not filling your wide receiver spots, which are considered the premium spots in fantasy football. But fuck them, yeah. Like he said, do do your thing, but do homework. Definitely do homework. Uh, one of the best things to look at is pay attention to starters. Every every team has starters. Now, not every team has a great offense, but they have starters. However. That team can also have a terrible defense, and you're wanting to use somebody that's going to have to play catch-up at all times. And if you're in a eight-team league, you probably want a top-three tight end. If not, you're going to be facing a top-three tight end, you know, six times <laughs> in, in, a, you know, in a rotation, and you're going right. to repeat that. In a 12-man league, you could probably get away with a, a mid-range tight end, eight to ten leaguer. I'm getting me some Darren Waller. I'm getting me some Kelsey. I'm getting me some Kittle. You learn fast, young grasshopper. You learn fast from the master. His name be Icy Rob Cole. Or got it. Yeah. You damn skip. You learn fast. Huh? I got I picked up Kelsey and Waller within the first six rounds. That's what I mean by having to change my style and being unorthodox. Yep. Because people learn fast. People that are paying attention learn fast. And I'm gonna just say this about the doing your homework, doing your own thing. Do your own thing, like Raleigh said. Do your homework, but damn it, don't use the cliff notes. And on that note, that's all she wrote. We're going to take it on out of here. We appreciate you checking us out. TMI Fantasy Sports with Raw Beats IB, the host with the most, Icy Rob Cole. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, whatever social platform is out there. Drop the beat and take us home.